Well, we should ask OpenAI now that it's running again. <laughs> it never went down. Oh my God, it was almost the end of the world. At least that's how the media treated it. My father-in-law, who I'm traveling with, didn't know what was going on. Nobody gives and a shit. And then when I told him, he's like, who cares? This is going to trigger Alex. The best tweet was someone was talking about explaining it to their spouse, and the spouse was like, oh, sounds like nerd drama. <laughs> it was It was very much nerd drama. I wrote a little bit about the narrative stuff and I've never lived in the San Francisco Silicon Valley area. And unfortunately we're gonna have to traffic in generalizations because that's just how life operates. Otherwise we couldn't talk about the economy if we didn't traffic in generalization. We literally could not talk about anything. Wait, I just realized something. Is that how everyone in the media thinks then? The media, that's the general. That's who you sit at the table at. There's, you're the master, you know, like in Game of Thrones, there's a master of coin, you're the master of media. Me? No, I'm not. I'm not. Although I did see that CZ had to like plead guilty. Nobody he, knows what you mean by yeah. CZ, the Binance. Oh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Chao Zhang. The CEO of Binance, Binance. needless to Who was involved with the FTX stuff. C- yeah, the CEO of Binance pled guilty. Also, I think he made the, the Forbes cover list, right? It's the same as... Oh, they all do. It's like a steady line of people. I mean, that should just be your mugshot at this stage. Troy's going to jump you in. You know, it was like Adam bro. Newman. This Forbes slander will not stay. Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> the sanctity. Your, uh, your boss man was on the cover too at one point. Now. Oh, yeah. It's going to be telling. So, okay. So this began on Friday, I believe. Friday afternoon is a perfect timing. The news, shock news came that Sam Altman was fired as CEO and the notes, certainly, I know in our text, it, it sort of pointed towards bad stuff, fraud, scandal, what he wasn't entirely candid. And then this all played out over Twitter, really, which I found remarkable in that for all the obsession that quote unquote Silicon Valley has with the media, the, the media was complete bit players in all of this. For instance, it turned out that it was just like misalignment with the board and Sam Altman's many different side activities. And it was a regular power struggle. And the media was totally MIA, totally missing, literally asleep at the switch. What is the job of, quote unquote, the media if it's not to interrogate these things that were being done in the open, much less behind t- closed doors? So, so Silicon Valley has successfully defanged the media. And so we're left with the information space. And various- right. was it just the media, though? I mean, just pause for one second, because okay. Microsoft seemingly made a $10 billion commitment to open AI, perhaps not questioning the kind of conflicting objectives in their, in their governance structure between the nonprofit holding company and the for-profit subsidiary. Right, so knowing that uh, a decision could be made at the top of that that pyramid that would basically neuter their investment, right? That that was one. The second story, perhaps, that was missed by the media, Brian, is that if you read the charter from OpenAI, their mission it's pretty aspirational around protecting the interests of humanity yeah. from this 
amazing new technology. And maybe that ideal connected to the commercialization of that technology, maybe that didn't get enough scrutiny. Mm. But isn't it strange, if you really think about it, looking back, that these things are all in the open, right? The report that Sam Altman was raising money, he's raising billions of dollars in the Gulf. This is not done secretly, right? The Johnny Ive project to build his own AI device, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting to me that none of, that this came as like a bombshell. But leave that aside, a lot of people clearly were asleep at, at the switch here on this. And what I'm left out is like, there was so much immaturity and lack of seriousness in all of this that I think that's going to be the long-term impact of it. Because things are not all that different. I don't think it's going to, it's going to be a speed bump in the development of this technology. But anytime power centers emerge in society, we have regulations, we have systems, we have apparatuses that hold them in check. That's how societies operate, okay? And this betrayed to me. Is it apparatuses like, or apparatus? Yeah, apparati, apparati. This to me betrayed like soup to nuts, a total lack of seriousness in this field. And I wonder, what I want to interrogate is why. Can you explain that to me? I don't know what you mean by lack of seriousness. Okay, Sam Altman takes in these, th we're told on the one hand, and I think it's very popular nowadays to say that we can hold two opposing things I in mind at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a meme. Yeah. So we're supposed to hold uh, one thing that this is going to change society and humanity, right? I believe, Alex, you tell us the, the spaceship is over the White House, correct? That is correct. He has it. Okay, that is correct. So let's just assume that this is true. Let's assume that this is not Web3 all over again, because I heard this stuff. Troy tried to peddle this with crypto. You're, you're good because my, my Bitcoin is back above water, but like the Ethereum I want to talk to you about. But we were told this about lots of other things that didn't pan out, but leave that aside. Let's just assume that this is going to change society and humanity. Now, I believe on the other hand- I don't think hand, you have to, by the way, change your thesis. You might have to change your horizon. That's all. Okay, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we're also told that technology clearly is one of the biggest power centers of society, right? Now, er other power centers use the military industrial complex, finance industry, pharma. We, we regulate these industries, but we're not supposed to regulate this industry because it's different or special or whatever Ooh, innovation, or... entrepreneurial stuff. Okay. What, how are we to restrain the development of this if we assume that it is going to affect society in such a profound way that its proponents, who, by the way, are very powerful people, they're not nerds anymore that have been stuffed into lockers. They're very powerful people. They've rubbed shoulders with prime ministers. Even worse, they used to be those nerds, so now they've got a grudge. <laughs> but the, the reality is, Sam Altman is not like a nerd. We, we don't even really know what happened at Y Combinator and why he left there. That's why I'm saying like none of this stuff has been interrogated. So I'm just wondering, one, Alex, what is and if there is a culture of Silicon Valley? Because there seems to be like a deep immaturity that is baked into this and I know there's many different types of people in every society and group, including even the media. What goes into this? Because from the outside, I'm just like being very honest about this. It seems a very strange group of people that have very strange belief systems. And I think that we should interrogate those. Am I wrong? No. No, you're not. You're not. Just before we get Alex to comment, I think what we have to do is remember that everything in the world can be traced back to high school. 
And <laughs> Sam Altman moved between the theater subculture, the theater group in high school, maybe, or certainly the nerd group, right? Maybe the chess club, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And in high school, those people, maybe among themselves, they thought we're going to go to Ivy Leagues and own the world. But among the rest of the more important, at the time anyway, subcultures in high school, they were not seen as players. And then they become, there's very much a, an elite vibe in San Francisco where we're the smart ones that are inventing the future. Once they're emboldened, they're no longer part of that subculture that used to be made fun of. Once they're emboldened, they morph into a very different creature. Yeah. I don't know, Alex. Do you agree? So you lived there, but you lived there for how long? I lived there for six years and I spent like a good 10 years there all the time. But what's interesting about Alex's experience is that he came from like Smurfland, Crete. And you said this a few times. Well, it's part of my ongoing joke. It's very tiring <laughs> for Alex. But he came from a place where they did all the same things and they were smart kids and designers and technologists, but they were sort of living in a place of irrelevancy and greed. And then they, he moved to the center of it all. But here's the thing. If you're making Farmville games, it's one thing. If you're changing society and humanity and you want to like drop the immaturity, drop the super as an adjective, just drop it. We already went through the hoodie shit. Drop it. But let's get the perspective from Europe. From, from Europe. Europe. Vaguely from somewhere in Europe. There's a lot there. I I mean, I... Explain this group of strange people. Well, but I think what's like under... The undercurrent of this narrative is that this is like some sort of revenge of the nerd situation. The uh, neurodivergent folks that like have been beaten down finally are in power and now they behave like a uh, jerk. Is that an official description? Neurodivergent? Yeah, it was okay to say six months ago. I don't know if it's still okay to say now, but it's definitely... I think it's still okay. Yeah, because I think I'm technically, I, I might qualify because of my ADHD and overall sense of superiority. I, <laughs> no, I look... I get distracted easily. Can I? Can I be? Yeah, for sure. Oh, good. <laughs> but d these different industries attract different people, right? Like you can't say that Hollywood or the music industry is full of folks that are very serious people. I think maybe the more important question is how fast... But they're making music. Dude, it's like different. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you can, you can wreck, you can wreck I, I, I hotel don't. rooms or in the music industry. Right. You can't do that in the finance industry. I guess what industry. I'm trying to say, I'm just trying to... The, the finance industry, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these parties, Brian, but this is not a bunch of serious people acting seriously, right? Oh, yes. I don't know. Like, would this stuff have happened with JP Morgan Chase? Do you, do you really believe that? You think Jamie Dimon would stop and take his selfie with the guest badge? These are not, this is not, this is know. weird. Watch, it's immature. Watch Wolf of Wall Street. These are adults. But here's a, here's a point I'm trying to make. Different, different industries will attract different types of individuals, different types of brains and, and people that carry different type of baggage, right? The thing that we're dealing with here, and which is why I'm actually pretty pro-regulation and, and making sure that there is some sort of supervising power on top of this stuff, is that we're talking about companies who grow so quickly. And when you grow so quickly, the structures in place and the environment that you're building and the relationships that happen between that. I joined Airbnb, there were 35 people on my team. I left Airbnb, there were 600 people on my team. At some point, I had this switch where there were so many people that I didn't even 
couldn't even remember everyone's name. That was like kind of a, 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 but it happened so quickly. It didn't happen over 20 years, 30 years. And so when you have Microsoft coming in and looking like the adult, I think what's happening is that these guys have gone through all that, you know, those ups and downs and the weird, the weirdness, and they've managed to shed it and now function like a mature organization. But a lot of these mm. tech companies have grown so much faster than anything we've ever seen before. And to expect people to hold on to that and have all the foresight to know exactly how to structure things and behave and how the board is going to behave, it's kind of wild because when you're in it, you have a 100,000 things coming at you at the same time. You're quadrupling your team overnight. You're dealing with regulators. You're dealing with uh, a service crashing. Like... You're dealing with geopolitical stuff. You're dealing with election. Like it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it gets, it gets weird. But also I don't want to, that to be an excuse for a lot of people not acting seriously. And I think when people are put into a lot of stress, they, they, this happens. Brian, Brian, maybe I would challenge that. I'm reading that. I was reading the book on the plane yesterday called The Fund by Rob mm-hmm. Copeland. And it's about Ray Dalio and the story of Bridgewater. And Ray Dalio, you know, according to your construct, he is not a serious person. He is a weirdo. And the way that the company was managed and the way that he tried to create this weird kind of psychological management framework that abused the staff and kind of... Oh, that's par for the course. That's just power stuff. Glorified this kind of investing approach that worked. I mean, and, and they were managing $167 billion dollars this hedge yeah. And so I don't think that... Okay, yeah, know, we're all weird in our own ways. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Well, is it all weird in our own ways or that we live in a this kind of accelerated culture and certain things become the current story? And now, like, we feed the current story into this kind of crazy media complex that exists in America and something just becomes the narrative for the weekend. Right. Like if if we didn't obsess about what happened to Sam Altman, I mean, it's an important technology, important company and all of that. But like it got thrust into our consciousness because it started because we're all like wired up as human beings. And it became this kind of crazy, irresistible narrative for a few days. And now it will evaporate. Yeah. I, I wonder if it will. Maybe. I don't know. Look, I think this is very likely true, but maybe to contextualize this stuff a little bit it was a massive massively valuated company that just had their supposedly app store moment where everything was rosy and then this this board just fires the ceo i think to me that's a story more worth of attention compared to what happens to like i don't know you know kanye divorces uh, (laughs) kardashians or whatever i understand why people were interested in that story it was kind of a wild ride and it was also very, 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 very silly and funny because it, it reminded people of succession. All of a sudden there's like hearts happening on tweets and the guy that was like part of the rebellion. About. like The hearts come, on come, tweets. Like, it was ridiculous. It was entertaining. are claiming that they're going to change humanity and they're gathering together and saying, we're going to retweet with hearts. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm coming around, Brian. You're kind of right about this. So and Also, and also I, wait, Troy, Troy, one more thing. Let's remember, part of this conversation has been people agreeing or disagreeing whether or not 
AGI will destroy humanity. Like, it's not like, you know, it's like... We have heart tweets? <laughs> We're communicating through heart There's tweets? a moment in Oppenheimer where he gets fired and then people start <laughs> tweeting hearts and then he comes back and he leaves again. And, and, and you find out that the guy that kicked him out actually changed his mind. Like, that would be incredible. Oh yeah, the guy who changed his mind, he's like, wait, you're going to destroy the world? Nah, actually, I love what we're building. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a child popping up from behind you. Where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to multitask here. Okay, but Brian, so not only are we trying to put the world, seemingly the world's most consequential technologies into like... <laughs> Junior high cafeteria? <laughs> well, yeah, into this kind of like high school narrative. But the, the leaders in Silicon Valley are different. Like financial bros go to the club and they play golf and maybe they play squash or whatever. The bros of Silicon Valley talk about singularity and go to Burning yeah. Man. They're different. So my question is, and in all seriousness, or as much seriousness as one can treat this stuff with, shouldn't that be interrogated more? Because it just seems like there is a broad set of, of beliefs and habits and biases that exist within different groups. And there are particular ones with this group. Like for instance, it's very clear that there is a in-ground belief that rules don't necessarily apply to people who are innovating. Put it in quotes if you want, right? Time and again, we've seen that the rules that are, exist, people say, nah, not for this. Uber did it. Uber wouldn't exist without ignoring the rules. Airbnb would not have existed without ignoring the rules. And we see it again and again. And then we see it run into problems when it's not just talking about starting, standing up an unregulated taxi or hotel service. When, we, when it starts to go into regulated and serious industries, I do believe that there is a straight line between the Elizabeth Holmes stuff, the FTX stuff, the CZ stuff, and this. Yeah. There is. There it's is usually a, a general- It's usually a Forbes cover. <laughs> uh, well, that's part of No, no, no. In all seriousness, that is absolutely part of it. Part of the entire thing, and the reason I wrote about narratives is, in over the years, I've always been like New York, San Francisco. The, the media is New York, okay, in this very basic. And then San Francisco, Silicon Valley is tech, okay? And there's always, there's just, they're totally different value systems seemingly. And I don't think that we as a society have done enough to really interrogate, one, who are these people? Two, what do they want? And let's take them literally and seriously because I don't know what the alternatives are even though they're, they're spending their time with the heart emojis and stuff like this. Because this isn't developing the Farmville games if we are again to take them literally and seriously about them wanting to change humanity. So shouldn't we really understand who we're dealing with? Seems to be like obvious. Uh, I think there are two things here. Isn't this idea of kind of trailblazers, rule breakers, part of American capitalism, that's number one. And, yeah. and two, aren't these people already scrutinized? Like Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, they're, nope. they're all, but they're all constantly in the press being talked about more than celebrities in, in some cases. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you mean by scrutinizing, Brian. Okay, so here's the thing. When there's power centers, okay, we restrain those power centers in various ways. One is very straightforward. It's government regulation. Now, we're told we can't really have a lot of government regulation in this area for various reasons. We can't treat it like the pharmaceutical industry. We can't treat it like the military industrial complex. We can't treat it like the financial services industry and on and on and on. Well, wait, who cannot, says, who uh, says have, that? You have more rules, generally speaking, 
I do not believe that the the vibe in Silicon Valley is pro-government regulation. It might be in your small patch, but I, I think that's safe to say. No industry willingly wants to be regulated, all right? But I think there are a okay. lot of people, right? I can't think Depends. of what, really, like the auto industry or when people would get... No, everyone chafes at it. Everyone chafes at it for sure. But like most mature industries recognize that, you know, in order for them to exist, they need to have rules of the road set. They might chafe at how they're applied, but... I mean, I think the scrutiny should be towards how the government is regulating these things. The fact that Elon can lose his fucking mind and still have government military contracts is is worrying. The fact that we're letting some of these technologies run rampant is worrying. Like, there's a lot of this stuff that we need to get on top of. I think that's the stuff that we should scrutinize. The fact that there are weird people at the top of multi-million or billion-dollar companies acting a certain way. I don't know why that did that. Acting what a, was that? Off weird? Yeah. <laughs> or off the air quote? That's uh, happened to me, but by the way, it's worth telling the audience that you triggered a balloon. some... Balloons. It's happened to me on Zoom calls. Oh, that's what oh, there it is. Air it's quotes. the air quotes. So air I did quotes air quotes did and, and I had confetti and balloons pop up. But the fact that there are weird people, weird powerful people, billionaires at the top of these companies that don't want to get regulated is not a new thing. You know, I went to Hearst Castle, like I watched The Aviator. None of these guys wanted any government. At some point, you make enough money that you turn into a libertarian, you build a compound and you try to immortalize yourself. Like it, that's Get the guns. That's American capitalism. So wait, do, so, so do you think it like doesn't matter necessarily? It, I guess one, like, is there broadly speaking a Silicon Valley culture that informs the products that are going to be built that will reorient? Again, we're going to assume that these things are going to change society and humanity. I don't necessarily think that's necessarily true, but... It might seem counter to my kind of socialist background, but even though I'm pro-regulation, I'm also happy that Microsoft is deeply integrated into this open AI stuff because there's, I don't like using this adult in a room thing, but like having Microsoft around to just sort of stop fucking around can be pretty important. And also, not only that, Microsoft is going to be more scrutinized and regulated than these other companies, you know? So so yeah, I, I don't yeah. mind that. Well, that's why I think, and again, I'm, I'm trafficking generalizations, but like, Silicon Valley, you know, swatting away, quote unquote, the media. I mean, that's like easy, right? This is an industry in decline. It's really not a fair fight. And it's like playing pat a cake. But there is serious people who exist in Washington. They're at, they are serious people and they're smart. They're smarter than journalists. Like, say what you want about people in Washington. They study. They're A students. They're not B students. And I would imagine looking at this shit show, is just going to accelerate the push to rein in whatever is coming down the pike with AI. I think it will have an impact because I think this entire saga, when people talk about winners and losers, I think the tech industry overall and their reputation is a giant loser. And it comes on top of the Silicon Valley bank history on it. You know, I think we would be remiss not to position this as something that flowered at the intersection of very, very kind of profound changes in our world. Right. Yeah. Meaning we have technology that we really, no one really knows what the implications of it are. There's people that think it's catastrophic, people that think it's going to create basic income and, and bliss there. At the same time, we have, I think we all feel a sense of kind of political and social instability broadly. And to me, there's a culture of anxiety in America. 
And I think it's bigger than America, to be honest with you. And oh, yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, it has to do with, obviously, with wars, and but it's, it's bigger than that. And then we have this kind of life is media construct where it's modern media, it's social media that has created this kind of reality where we all feel like everything is instantly political. We all have to pick sides. Every kind of news topic becomes part of our identity system and the current character kind of explodes over the the weekend and we obsess over it. So like these things together create this kind of, it's almost like cultural nausea. Like I just want to go live on a farm. Like I don't care. Hey, that's what I've been doing. (laughs) Alex just got there No, but it's like, oh, you guys sent a text yesterday. Oh, guess what? Sam Altman's back at OpenAI. It's like, no shit. Like, we knew this was going to happen. Like, the guy was ever going to go be a middle manager at Microsoft. I'm like, what is the point of trying to change the, the like, humanity and society if you got to be, like, a middle manager at Microsoft? I mean, fuck. But then the speculation was, like, crazy He's going to be the next CEO of Microsoft. It's just, like, nutty stuff. But it is funny how everyone, like, knows now that they need to feed the content machine. I shared with you some, I don't know, some person from OpenAI who Benioff had dipped into his DMs. And instead of being like, oh, Mark Benioff is trying to recruit me, he screenshotted it and was like, what did he say? It was like one of those other immature things. Oh, we are so going to make it. We're so back. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was was distasteful. I I don't understand. It just doesn't seem like a coincidence. That's what I'm saying. What's in the water, Alex? Can you please break it down for me? (laughs) What is going on? Is it the drugs? Is it the orgy? It's really like, not that interesting, it? but is it? It's the centers of money and power, you know, a tool that a lot of people use, and there's drama there. Like, I don't understand. You guys, isn't that what you guys have been? That's like your career is like finding human drama and talking about it, and then you know, discussing it at a tasteful dinner or webinar. Now, like, I don't. It's like you're two old media guys going like, you know, what's really annoying about culture today is that something big happens and everybody talks about it. I mean, it's like, (laughs) who gives a shit if it's Paris Hilton or Sam Altman? It's just a big story. Like, we just want Mm. stories and the more human they are, the better. Well, that I agree with. You're telling me it's not interesting that there's a board that's in conflict nearly to a religious extent and that one of the founders oh, no, tries that's to... That's why I was like glued to Everybody it. should be glued to that. If you're into tech, it's kind of fun. It turns into well, entertainment. That's the thing. It's focused on the things that aren't going to change. And people's addiction to narrative and storytelling is never, ever, ever going to change. I don't care what the tech people come up with next. It's not going to change. We've been this way since we were in the caves. We'll be this way until the tech people wipe away humanity. Yeah, you know, you tell gossip to someone put into an MRI machine and the brain lights up because we fucking love it because gossip is has some sort of primordial, hits some sort of pleasure centers in our brain. And this is the same thing. And the bigger the gossip, the better it feels. Like I was lucky enough or unlucky enough to get like firsthand information from some of the stuff that was going on. And it was kind of, you know, exciting. I was on the side that was hoping that OpenAI would stabilize and that Altman would, you know, get back to... To the job, but I don't think there's any anything specifically weird there, except for the fact that yes, yes, these companies are often run and 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 especially kind of in the more technical fields by people who would be considered as outsiders. That's one. Two, they grow really fast, and 
people get a lot thrown at them. And I don't think whether it's fame or or that type of money or that type of power and influence, you get too much of it too quickly. You're gonna go crazy. Look how many child stars like don't make it. Like it's just Danny Bonaduce. I hope Sam Altman does not become like Danny Bonaduce. Right. I mean, I, and actually, actually, one of one of the things that was going on is that Sam Altman is seen as one of the kind of the more reasonable kind of down the middle people mm-hmm. and and probably a good person to lead the effort versus somebody who's either too much of an accelerationist or too much of somebody who's like a doomer on the AI stuff. I think this was an interesting story. So that's like an interesting, fun. you brought up the, 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 I'm very focused on this. E, is it EAC? How am I saying this? I don't know. I only read it on Twitter. Thankfully, nobody the around accelerationist? me accelerationist. I don't know. I, yeah, all that stuff is weird. There's EAC and then there's D-cell and the D-cells are the media, the woke Wokus, the regulators. Well, no, actually, the a lot of these academics, a lot of these cells are, including one of the guys who started us all off at Google and and left in protest. People who basically want to make things go slower because they're scared about where this is going and they're worried about safety. Yeah, they're worried about corporations owning technology that is so powerful. Because if you think about a brain that essentially has unlimited power, never needs to sleep, and can come up with all sorts of crazy concoctions and that's kind of scary and then there's people who are like Andreessen who are accelerationists who say like get out of our fucking way we know what we're doing the future is built by people like us and I think both both those sides yeah. are filled with idiots being an extremist on either side is never an, an, an intelligent position to be in right I think there's subtlety there that gets completely yeah. lost and, and there is a divergence within quote unquote Silicon Valley in that it's not just you can be deeply embedded with technology. You can even be rich, right? Because a lot of times it's waved around that people who try to restrain Silicon Valley are just jealous because they're not rich. Or even if they are rich, they're not as rich, which is weird. It's like, okay, well, what's the level of your bank account where your opinion matters? I don't know. But with this, you, you can be within the technology and deeply understand the technology, also have all of the accoutrements that ascribe value to you within that system but you can also be for restraint, correct? Yeah, I think you can. Okay, so it is possible. I mean, I think a lot of people are. Some people are even for pretty selfish reasons because they see their entire, you know, we talked about interfaces, but there are people who will make their money off interfaces who say like, whoa, 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 this could completely upend our business. <laughs> I mean, every media person is is worried about it. Digital artists are yeah, I worried mean, about within it. I mean, te- within the technology oh, industry. Sure, I think- there are some people who woke up and are terrified by it because they plot a line from where we are today to where we'll be in the future. And mm. they they see some pretty dangerous conditions ahead. So mm. yeah, I, look, there's a lot of different opinions here, which is why I think there was in the tech area, there was a, a lot of support for Altman because he, I think it's generally quite liked. And he was seen as a reasonable person to lead these efforts because I think the both kind of extremes are not the norm, if you ask normal people. Yeah, it's another thing that bothers me about all of this, and it's it has to do with why I think technology in Silicon Valley is unique, Brian, and it has to do with leverage, the leverage of software mm. in the modern world. And I've been thinking about this a little bit because the downstream effects of a director at Google making a decision can literally impact the lives of thousands of people and in many cases wipe out entire categories of media. And so what happens is it's all justified, or I think it's mostly justified under the 
sort of banner of capitalism and optimizing an interface to the needs of a customer, right? So getting your weather or your flight times or your shopping information inside of the Google search response is technically probably less friction-filled and better, right? But in the old days, moving your company horizontally or vertically in a way that wiped out an entire category was Mm -hmm. difficult because it wasn't software. It didn't have that ability to be sort of deployed and optimized instantly against millions, if not billions of people. And that instantly shifts value chains in the favor of, uh, of the hegemonic platform power. And so software technology is kind of by definition of by its, it, the virtue of how it works is massively leveraged. And so what it means is th- there's a massive power imbalance. Yeah. I can't tell you how many hours I fucking wasted for years worrying about some random decision or speculating on the decision of someone in the bowels of Google or Facebook <laughs> and how that might change my ability to deliver a P&L tomorrow. And you know yeah. what? When you're, when you're in those bowels, I was, because I had lots of conversations with people in Facebook and Google, you kind of lose track of the fact that you're going to run an experiment that's going to show up in front of 50 million people because that's a subset are you going to drop an experiment? Are you going to put something out there? And like 10, 20, 30, 50 million people are going to see it. You can't just open 10,000 Chipotles. You yeah. can't do that in other industries. Yeah. And this is happening like at an individual level, people making individual decisions. I mean, even I had this running joke when, when we were trying to design a position of a button. I said, don't worry about it. Only like 50 million people are going to see that. It, it's, <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, yeah. you, you have to work really hard at it not driving you kind of crazy because the once again I think that any anytime there's such a big power imbalance fame it creates a weird environment I think people get a little strange and the fact that things function as well as they do is sometimes a surprise to me but I do I do think scrutinizing the regulators scrutinizing the large companies is going to be very helpful here like I am scared of of both like a small company going rogue and doing some crazy shit and the massive Apple's, Microsoft's, and Google's just owning that entire stack. Like both of these outcomes are bad. Yeah. There's no good outcome really at the end of the day because regulation just entrenches power, right? The the biggest yeah. companies always benefit and, and the incumbents always benefit from regulation. You know, what's what's interesting is how you're starting to see, I think you're starting to see <laughs> Apple emerge in this AI stuff. So Apple is moving around approaching mid-size media companies and basically offering them, call it the size of a large insertion order, so 500000 to a million dollars, to allow them to slurp up all their archive content in order to train their forthcoming LLM in a way that is, in the future, defensible legally, right? So that they paid for that content. I think it gives them a number of things. I think it gives them a sort of higher moral ground. I think it probably protects them in the future against lawsuits. And in another way, it also raises the cost of coming in and and competing. Because if you have to pay a bounty to everyone, I mean, the OpenAI and other LLMs already slurped all that stuff for free. But essentially what it does is it says the cost of entry is going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, how many are there going to be? Because I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of money. Five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars is not going to go well, very far. Well, but imagine that being a small media company and you times that by 
literally by thousand. Yeah, if a thousand people are paying you that, then that's good. No, you're not getting paid that by a thousand people. A thousand companies are getting that bounty from. Oh, it's it's, it's money that they didn't have. It's all upside for them. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you do that math? If you're like a publisher, you're like, well, I could choose to take the higher ground and not go with it, and I don't make any more money. I mean, that's what happened. Publishers with, always take the money. Yeah, you always. They, always they, well, that's what publishing teaches you. You know, when you have to do a deal with Facebook or Google, you're just like, yeah, I'll just take the money. I mean, Alex's favorite content ad recommendation networks prove that iron rule. Yeah, publishers always. It take doesn't the matter money. who you are; you'll always have tabula at the bottom of your article. I didn't say that. We should wrap it up because my kid's starting to take out the lightsaber. <laughs> All right. I saw that. Yeah. Any good products in Dublin? Oh, yeah. Guinness. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I have a couple of beefs. Well, one is that when you buy an expensive airplane ticket, you expect it to come with the perks that you normally associate with buying an expensive airline ticket, right? My family came to Dublin, including my wife's parents, and I wanted to show them a good time. We, were, we had good flights in front of the plane kind of stuff. And we got to the airport, and they had created a ticketing system and a queue in front of the Delta Lounge. I mean, I guess it's because it's Thanksgiving, but I had to queue up after buying that expensive ticket to get into the lounge. That's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, Delta has a major problem with too many people. Well, but I paid for access to the lounge. Yeah, no, I mean, all the lounges are getting that because they opened it up to yeah. so many people now that... But their business models are, are all about those loyalty cards. That's where they make most of their money. So they're misaligned their incentives are not care. aligned to 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 you you know i expect it when i buy that ticket i get into the lounge plus the lights were so bright in there so bright but delta you know delta has a good product though overall did you see really? united you know is you have to i wanted a guinness and that's an upsell in the lounge in the lounges yeah you mm-hmm. can get like shitty Said bastion it's good i got a little delta stock that's that's it shows that this guy's focused on margins maybe we keep it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> and United is coming out with targeted advertising on the back seat. Screen. So the the American Express lounge for the platinum card stuff that you that you get with certain cards. I had a similar thing and then they kind of they look apparently they look at your spending record and they put you in a different class and where we went in we said, "Well, we're full, but it looks like you're like hit your limits, so we'll let you in." Or and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" So it's not only do you have to have the card, but then you have to spend money. Wow. I, I fully expect there to be like ultra business lounges popping up everywhere. Oh, yeah. But already creating those for the top. Yeah. You know. Was that supposed to be the idea behind the Centurion? Yeah. Centurion the, has those. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the one we... we but I don't, I don't understand the lounge as a product anyway. Just don't get to the airport so You well. know what? I, I was thinking, if I just forgot about all of this nonsense and wanting to get into this lounge, and I li- literally went to the Shake Shack and got the bacon cheeseburger and those fries yeah, yeah. with cheese that's, on them, I would have been happy. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, that was, I always argue with my wife. She always wants to go to the lounge because we pay for it and we can get the yeah. free eggs there. But I'm like, I actually genuinely, yes. I genuinely like grabbing a, hamburger at the airport i like seeing the people hanging out it's way more fun getting some oysters yeah. at the raw box I like that they thought that you were marginal until they looked at your spend record yeah exactly yeah, yeah then we were let in through a different entry it felt very special but alex just before we go i wonder if i i think i could get you to do this just to tie the whole episode in a bow and i think that your perspective of being like 
a Cypriot in Silicon Valley is special. I got to know you. You were always the same kind of person as someone that I would have worked with in San Francisco. But then when you and your posse came over and started living there, we bought the company, if you recall, right? You moved over from Cyprus to San Francisco. Like, I recall. What was your six-month observation about that world? I mean, by the time I joined, it felt a little bit like the story that people worked really hard <laughs> was a little exaggerated because I felt that we, from where we were, we had to hustle way harder to get anywhere and things seemed very easy there. It was also nice to be in a place where people like talking about technology and you know not feel like a complete outsider so it felt it felt very exciting you know the same way when a theater kid goes to LA and and bumps into a bunch of other actors I'm sure it's it's just got to be but from the beginning I felt like there's a lot of waste here there's a lot of money and there's a lot of waste and there wasn't that much in our company the company you you were running Troy because we were a media company and we were always hustling and struggling but Every time I, I bumped into others, it didn't seem that people were working quite as hard or being quite as much as into the hustle as I expected them to be. You know, I came in with this idea of this, that the pirates of Silicon Valley, everybody's in a garage building something new. And a lot of it at that stage, it attracted a lot of the MBA crowd trying to make a buck. Are you happy you did it? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it changed my life. It was great. I mean, San Francisco's great. California's great. I met great people. I have a pretty, uh, you know, I think a different perspective of working in Silicon Valley than most people do. I think it really attracts like really interesting people. So one of the things I would add, I actually want the technology industry to succeed because it's a great American industry. Like it is the new auto industry. It's better than financial services, which you're also good at. And it is the source of American power. I just think that at the same time, there is this lag between the power that this industry exerts and the structures that every society has that directs that hopefully in a in a place where it benefits broadly speaking because societies are very complex society that's why i don't understand this immature black and white stuff that ends up being messaged it's like you're either an acceleration or a decel and it's like well what are you talking about Everything is heightened. Everything's accelerated. If it wasn't that, it was Windows versus Unix. It was iOS versus Android. It was Xbox versus PlayStation. You know, people who are yeah, deeply into something are like deeply into something, right? I'm sure back in the 1800s, somebody punched somebody over the Oxford comma or, or whatever the fuck people decide to latch on to. What is that? Oh, is that? oh, that's trying to minimize the media. <laughs> I'm not trying to mini. You want to cut that. You want to have Vanya cut that out for your own sake, I think. <laughs> I like using the Oxford comma. What I'm saying, somebody, <laughs> there's always something silly that we as human in an industry that's got like a heightened sense of, that's, that's really important in whatever era we're in, where you're going to have factions, right? There was a faction of what type of current we should use when electricity appeared. There were different right. standards between Blu-rays and HD DVDs. It doesn't matter. People always think that their technology and especially the smartest people will get an idea in their head that kind of germinates and get gets gets stuck in there and they'll slowly kind of like become an absolutist about this specific thing and i think that's the same thing that's happening now and i keep seeing it like i was like against using 256 colorful icons because i was really good at using 16 color you know to design icons as a designer and i thought that yeah. people using 256 colors for icons were you know, that was like six months of my life. I'm not proud of it, but it happened. Do you, do you like that song? 
Which one? With the Oxford comma song? Yeah, who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma? Vampire oh, yeah. Weekend. Vampire Weekend, yeah. Next episode, we can go over the AP Stylebook Wars. Those were from a simpler time. All right, you guys are the best. It's fun. I gotta go to the beach. All right. All right. Okay. See ya. Bye. Have a good Thanksgiving. All right. There's a lightsaber being turned on here. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.